Welcome back to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I'm Dave Matter, Mizzou beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and stltoday.com. Very fortunate to be joined by Ben Fredrickson, Post-Dispatch columnist. Uh, today, we are doing this uh, remotely. We're not in the same room, but we're going to pretend like we are. Ben, how's it going? You, uh, you, you've been covering lots of Cardinals and Blues, but let's we're going to dive into some, some Mizzou talk today. How about that? Sounds good, man. I'm, uh, I think I've got mostly my voice back from my little uh, stint on the COVID IL here. So if I sound goofy, like goof, goofier than usual, people can <laughs> forgive me. But uh, feeling good and feeling uh, back to normal mostly. So that's good, Dave. Hey, I wanted to start this podcast with a little bit of trivia. Okay. Um, you ready? I'm ready. Who is going to be at least 25 years old or older? during this college football season and is married and has been living in a college town for at least the past seven years. <laughs> well, I think I, I, that definitely fits the description of who we're going to talk about today. Is, is I Jack- was talking about you. Oh, you, you check all those, you check all those boxes. I do. I do. Also the Van Wilder of college football, Jack Abraham. Jack Abraham. Yeah. I'll say this. I have, I have three more kids than Jack has. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. I've uh, been married a little bit longer than Jack. Yes, you have. But Jack, Jack Abraham is the, the newly committed Missouri quarterback. Uh, he is entering his seventh year of college eligibility. He is coming to Missouri as a walk-on. Uh, he, he said, I talked to him on Sunday on his drive back to Tupelo, where he lives with his wife, Amy. And uh, he said he's not worried about a scholarship. If, if he gets one, great, uh, but he is much more concerned and dialed into trying to win the starting quarterback job at Missouri. Now, he has written about him a lot the last couple of days, but for, for listeners that aren't up on their, their Jack Abraham bio, uh, he'll be 25 in October. He uh, began his career at Louisiana Tech, did not play their redshirt his first year, then uh, transferred to Northwest Mississippi Community College, kind of a, a bet on yourself type move, not an academic move, a move to kind of enhance his stock. And from there, he goes to Southern Miss, where he's the starting quarterback for two and a half seasons, 18, 19, and half of 20. 20, he got hurt, uh, got a concussion. I believe he got COVID, and he opted out for the rest of that season. We, that was pretty common that year. Resurfaces at, at Mississippi State. Mike Leach wants to bring him in be part of the quarterback competition in Starkville gets hurt again as concussion over the summer uh, does not play for the Bulldogs last year is granted a seventh year of eligibility uh, and then enters the portal Missouri as we know we have discussed here a lot you've written about it a lot they want a quarterback they want a, an, a, a proven guy that's played FBS football uh, they struck out on on the transfers we've we've discussed Ad nauseum, here's Jack Abraham in the portal. He's He had offers from other places. He visited Maryland, had an offer there, didn't like the situation, didn't think he had a chance to win the job over uh, over uh, Tunga Viola to his younger brother. But he felt like he had a chance at Missouri. So here he is, 24-year-old walk-on, going to compete with Brady Cook and Tyler Macon. What, what do you make of this situation? Uh, he's expected to move to Columbia here at the end of the month and wants to get going and believes his experience can pay off and, uh, you know, land him this starting job. I'm a little surprised, not, uh, not at Eli bringing in a quarterback because we knew he was very determined to do that. 
I did think there was a chance and kind of wondered if it might be best if he kind of circled the wagons around what he had after the strikeout on Jerry Bohannon. So, yeah, people remember when we talked about this, it was Jaden Daniels, who was transferring from Arizona State, visited Mizzou, goes to LSU. JT Daniels, transferring from Georgia, visits Mizzou, goes to West Virginia. Jerry Bohannon, transferring from Baylor, visits Mizzou and goes to South Florida, which was the one that I think kind of caught us off guard. I thought Jerry Bohannon was going to be the guy. After Jerry Bohannon goes to South Florida, I wrote a column and I think, I don't think it was like a a hot take. I thought Drinkwitz would just kind of shut it down. I thought he would say, hey, we went out and looked for guys that we felt like were clearly more proven starting quarterbacks. We didn't get them. And now we're going to roll with Brady Cook, Tyler Macon, and hope that Sam Horn doesn't go into the baseball draft and shows up and shows up ready to compete. Um, it's clear based off of what he's done and getting Jack Abraham that he that he felt like he needed more. Been there, done that. Um, right. I, I think that part of it's probably the question surrounding Horn and baseball, right? Which you've written about. I mean, you were the first person to point that out, Dave. Is hey, this might not be a guarantee here. This guy's a pretty good baseball player. But some of it also is the stat that you had that showed that this guy's got, you know, infinitely more experience than than Cook and Macon combined. And you're also probably just going to need need guys. And, you know, that's what I'm curious about is, you know, what does Abraham bring to this group that it doesn't have experience, perhaps a, a big arm? Um, and but he's not a lot to be necessarily better than these guys if it's a true competition. Um, but more than anything, what he brings is some flexibility if Eli finds himself kind of searching through his options. I got to think that Abraham thinks he's coming here to start. Right. Um, I don't, I, maybe he wasn't told that specifically, but he clearly thinks that he's going to be able to win this competition or else he, he would have gone somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you only one year of eligibility. So this is not something where you're going to have a guy for multiple years that can throw off your depth. And if he's not that good – okay, now you worry about what am I, what are we going to do with this roster spot? So it's one year. There's really no – and it's also he's coming in after the, the transfer deadline to enter the portal, so you don't risk alienating Cook or Macon. I mean, maybe to some degree, but not to the point where they're going to transfer now. Well, they should be uh, happy. I mean, they, they, they got a chance of beating this guy, and they knew that he was shopping for quarterbacks the whole time, so this shouldn't Absolutely. be a surprise. <laughs> Absolutely. This is not a proven power five guy. Um, just to put in perspective how old Abraham is – his high school teammate at Oxford High in Mississippi, his receiver, number one receiver, same recruiting class, DK Metcalf, who's getting ready for his fourth season in the NFL. Uh, same recruiting class as Nick Bosa, AJ Brown, guys that have been in the NFL for a while now. Um, same recruiting class as former SEC quarterbacks Jared Garantano at Tennessee, which seemed like played forever ago, Felipe yeah. Franks, who played at a couple SEC schools. He's only one year younger than Drew Locke, who also was on his second NFL team. So kind of puts things into perspective there. I, I did kind of a deep dive into his stats in his two and a half years at Southern Miss, uh, using a lot of the pro football focus numbers. Uh, and those can be, you know, you debate how accurate those are sometimes. But I think when you have a big body of work, they, they at least paint a picture a little bit of, of who you're looking at. Um, Here's what I kind of found. He was under a lot of pressure there, uh, not, not from the coaches or teammates or anything, or fans like that. He was physically under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of sacks. In his two and a half years as a starter there, he was sacked 56 times. 
Uh, so maybe that says more about their offensive line and their system than it does him. But he's not a super mobile quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he would if you compare him more to Connor Bazelak, who wasn't really a super mobile guy. He did have five games with 20 or more rushing yards. Most of his games, though, were he's a pocket passer. He's not run around. You're not calling a lot of designed runs for him. Uh, he did get a lot better in year two as far as his numbers go. Uh, much more accurate. Uh, much more efficient. I, I do think there should be a concern about turnovers. In two and a half seasons at Southern Miss, he threw 29 interceptions. <laughs> that's a lot. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had 21 fumbles. Uh, that's not necessarily lost fumbles, but he, he did put the ball on the ground a lot. Some of that's probably due to a lot of that pressure, having pass rushers in the, in the uh, pocket all the time. Uh, PFF has this great stat called TWP. It stands for uh, turnover worthy plays, you know, plays that wherever either you turn the ball over or you're very much in danger of turning it over. You're putting the ball in position to be turned over. And his percentage was, was pretty high. His first two years as a starter there, he had 42 of those turnover worthy plays. Just for comparison's sake, the last two seasons, Connor Bazelak had 26. Uh, and and no one's going to say hey, Connor Bazelak was an all SEC quarterback. So um, th- this guy, I do think turnover should be a bit of a concern. You know, coaching can maybe take care of that to some degree. Just certain fundamentals, certain drills you work on to protect the ball. Um, but I, I do think that's something to uh, to keep in mind when when watching him in preseason camp and and should he win the job. Uh, he does, and I like this about him. He's played three games at SEC West stadiums. Now he lost all three games, but that's to be expected when you're quarterback at Southern Miss. He played at Auburn. Where does Missouri play this year in September at Auburn? So I I think that'll, that's good experience for him. He played at Mississippi state before he played for Mississippi state and he played at Alabama. Um, Numbers weren't great in those games, four passing touchdowns, five interceptions, but just looking at the numbers, I, I, I don't think you can come away and say he's the reason they lost those games. I, he, he had credible stats for a group of five quarterback playing on the road at an SEC West stadium, especially when you're talking about at, at Alabama. So um, those are just some numbers. One other thing that everybody wants to talk about, it, deep ball accuracy, because that was something that was kind of – it's been a concern a bit the last two years under Drinkwitz, especially with Bazelak at quarterback. Just comparing his numbers – to Connors as kind of the baseline. Uh, he didn't throw the ball deep as many times, 20 yards or more at Southern Miss. This probably just wasn't part of their offense, but more accurate and more efficient for sure. Uh, yards per average on deep ball throws, his, his second full year as a starter, he was 11th in the country, 16.1 yards per attempt. That's pretty good. That was better than Trevor Lawrence, better than Justin Fields, better than Justin Herbert. So that area, and he also led the league, led the country in a completion percentage, I believe his first year as a starter. So there are some promising numbers for this guy. Again, at a group of five school that, you know, program that wasn't great at the time. Uh, so that's what you get with him. You get a guy that's played a lot of college football, obviously with his age, uh, but has played at this level, has played SEC competition, and has thrown a lot of footballs, more than 800 career pass attempts at Southern Miss. And like you said, that's that's more than 10 times what Macon and Cook have done combined at Missouri. If you can chuck it deep, that makes a guy like Luther Burden say, yeah, see what this guy can do. Sure. And that's supposed to be a big key to this Missouri offense is being able to use this 
you know, fabulous receiver that's a freshman. So having somebody who can get the ball to him if he's able to beat opponents deep is a is a plus. Early on in this process, Dave, it seemed like Drinkwitz had a plan and his plan was to only add a quarterback if it was a guy who was far and above what he had, you know, a clear cut. This guy's my starter from day one. That changed as he swung and missed on some of these other transfers. Now, this addition is kind of the opposite of what he initially said he was looking to do. Um, He's bringing a guy who's going to compete. And Jack Abraham is saying all the right things about that. Hey, I'm going to show up there and try to win the job versus I was told, you know, Kelly Bryant style that I'm the starter when I step on campus. I guess, what do you think changed? And, and do you think this was simply just about Eli not feeling like he had enough bodies in the quarterback room versus liking the upside of, of Jack Abraham as his starter? Do you think he's, kind of toning the messaging as a competition more than he thinks it will be or kind of take us into what you think Eli's thinking here because it's been some mixed messages on the quarterback front right but pretty clear also that he that he is uh his intent to add one was perhaps more uh more aggressive than than he initially suggested in the beginning of this process right I, I think some of that messaging probably evolves as the market evolved um and you don't have really attractive, proven power five quarterbacks out there like a Jaden Daniels or a JT Daniels or even Jerry Bohannon uh, who led, you know, Baylor, put him in position to win the big 12 last year. You just don't have those guys. So, um, you know, you're, what you put on the line is a little bit different. I mean, you know, the fact that he's willing to come in as a walk-on and they can dangle that out there and have not having to promise him a scholarship is, is pretty telling. Um, you know, I, I also think there really is something to the fact they need bodies at that position, whether or not Sam Horn is a Missouri Tiger this fall or he's pitching in somebody's major league uh, you know, Detroit Tiger in rookie ball or whatever it may be. And I, I'm still very dubious that he will be drafted high enough to even have a big decision to make. It's out there. It's a concern. If you're Eli Drinkwitz, you have to be concerned about that. I don't know if I don't know if fans need to be you know, terrified of July 11th when the draft starts, that that's going to be a realistic situation. But that being said, if you're paid to put together a roster and have a quarterback line of succession and a plan there, you need to be concerned about that. So even, even, but even if you have Sam Horn on your roster, I still think there's a need to get another guy if you can get another guy. Uh, And that's, I I think Mm -hmm. Abraham kind of fits that mold of, you know, let's be honest, there wasn't a lot of, great competition for uh for him you know this time of year we're talking early may uh so go out and get him there you're not you're not risking a lot um like i said it's just one year of eligibility and uh you know you see what you can get i mean it's a really physical league we've seen that we saw how Connor basilak got beat up last year um it, it's nice to have you know some some guys ready there in the bullpen, ready to go in case you have some injuries. Uh, you know, it also obviously sends a message that they're not completely sold on Cook or Macon being not just a full-time starter, but being the franchise quarterback down the road. Um, they want to, if they feel like the best way to, to have a winning season and do better things than they have the last two years is to bring in somebody a little more experienced, it's a little bit more proven, then this is maybe the way to go. And also, there's something to be said for just having a, 
a real competition in the summer and preseason camp. If Jack Abraham comes in and he gets more out of Brady Cook or he pushes Brady Cook to take his game to another level or Tyler Macon or Sam Horn for that matter, or if it's those guys, push him to have a better camp, then you've got a better situation all around. So I, I, I really – and I, it's corny, it's coach speak, always compete is Eli Drinkwitz's number one code or whatever he calls it, his mantra, his number one rule. But I, I do think there's something to that that um, you know could end up making this quarterback position better by just having another arm in camp that's you know used to it at this point. Cook, Macon, Abraham, Horn. Are we setting the over-under on, on the number of different quarterbacks who will start a game for Missouri this season around like 3.5? Because it seems like the way this plays out, if you're Eli Drinkwitz and it plays out perfectly, is you might have, you know, you could very well have Jack Abraham as your starter and hope that Sam Horn emerges as the season goes along. You, it's, it's easy to see any combination of Abraham, um, you know, Cook, maybe Macon, get one in there. He got one last season. Um, you think this is going to be a true kind of carousel of quarterbacks this season, or, or do you think one guy will kind of emerge and, and make it his? It's hard to imagine Horn doing that starting the season. Right. Crazier things have happened, and Eli – perhaps in his efforts to, you know, make Horn as fired up about Mizzou as possible, has really indicated that he's going to make that a possibility if Horn delivers with his, with his play, you know, the ability to play immediately as a true freshman in the SEC. How many guys do you think we see play quarterback for the Tigers this season? And could that be, I think that, you know, this is kind of maybe a, maybe this is a pipe dream scenario, but you always hear the old saying, hey, if you have, if you have multiple quarterbacks, you don't have one. Right. But I don't know that that's the case necessarily always. And I think what what could be Eli's biggest challenge this season is getting the best out of the collection of quarterbacks that he has um, at the most important position on the field and seeing if that position can be better than, you know, kind of better as the sum of its parts than than, than solely handling handing it to one guy. Maybe there are different things that Abraham can do that 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 Cook and, and, and Macon can do better. Um, maybe Horn is a, a better option later in the season than he was in week one because he didn't get there till fall camp. You think this is going to be a kind of a transitionary year for the Tigers at quarterback, or do you think Eli would prefer that one guy grabs it, takes it, and doesn't look back the rest of the year? I think ideally you want to play one guy um, as long as he's healthy. But I say that last year he was so reluctant Right. That's what when he was hurt. Right. You no, know? and, and he was so reluctant to go to Brady Cook until you know until that bowl game. He, he did start making and then rotated him with Cook at Georgia, but that was a nothing to lose type game when you're playing the number one team in the country. So I don't think we should measure that game by um, you know against the rest or against this schedule this year. Uh, I, I think a lot of it depends on what happens that first month of the season. You've got two really pivotal road games at Kansas state and at Auburn, if, if your starting quarterback plays really well and wins those games, no matter who it is, I think you're got to be reluctant to make a change as long as he stays healthy for the second portion of the season. Um, you know, another thing too, and Eli made this point last year, it's really hard to prepare two quarterbacks 
with the game plan during the week. You only get so many snaps in practice. Uh, if you're giving Abraham 50% of the snaps and Cook 50% of the snaps, that means the guy who's going to play on Saturday isn't getting a full uh, collection of the, of the practice snaps for a big game against an SEC opponent. Uh, so he's not as prepared as you would be in a normal year. So I, I think as a coach, as an offensive coordinator, that just kind of goes against your, um, you know, your, your instincts there and against your preferences to really have one guy ready. So that being said, if nobody's really emerging, if they don't have a Tyler Beatty in the backfield that can bail you out, maybe that bailout this year is Luther Burden at receiver, but somebody's got to get him the ball. So I think it's, it's really sets up for an interesting season. Um, unlike any, I can really think of in recent memory where there was uh, just so much up in the air at the most important position on the field. I mean, we've gone into years where, you know, Missouri didn't have a, a, a main guy that we knew a returning guy going into the season, but you had a pretty good idea. Uh, Cause back then, you know, you could, and I'm talking five years ago, you could plan, Hey, this guy's going to be the starting quarterback probably for three years. And then after that, the next guy, and now you don't do that. I mean, Missouri's already got a commitment for a 2023 quarterback. Um, they're recruiting, putting offers out for 2024 quarterbacks. So um, it's, it really is a year to year thing. And I think you want to avoid it to be a week to week thing. Um, it's just, it's really hard to prepare that way. Uh, so we'll see, but it is, it's easier to prepare that way when you got four quarterbacks instead of three or two. I'm fascinated by it. And uh, I don't know that it's going to work out great, but uh, I think it will be certainly interesting. And I also, I'll say this, I want to give some some props to Brady Cook and Tyler Macon yep. because I think a lot of a lot of young guys in their shoes would have said, "Oh, you're going to go recruit another quarterback and try to bring a guy in over our heads." Well, we'll leave, and they didn't do that. Um, they didn't know Jack Abraham was coming, but they also you know had a pretty good idea that somebody very well could be coming. They knew that Eli Drinkwitz brought three quarterbacks to campus for visits and was actively recruiting their position. And this was during the transfer window being wide open and they didn't leave. They said, hey, bring it on, let's compete. And they've been competing. Um, they've been competing for, for, for reps come fall camp for, for a while now in everything the team does. And Cook has been you know, uh, stepping up as a team leader in, in ways and, and Macon has been highly praised as a good teammate. So I, I think those guys deserve some credit for not not saying, hey, you know, this isn't playing out maybe exactly like they hope they're leaving um, because some guys would. And we've seen that happen at other places. So Eli has tested them and he's, they're going to see if they can, you know, basically win them over one final time here. But uh, I think that uh, I think they deserve some praise for for not leaving the Tigers in a worse situation, because if you if you had them take off and all of a sudden Jack Abraham is your answer, well, then you don't even know if you've improved your depth that much at that position. Right. Yeah. And on that note, I thought this was interesting yesterday. I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but maybe an hour after, uh, you know, the Abraham news was official and he came out, Brady, Brady cook posted a video on Instagram of him at a, at a St. Louis workout facility where I believe he has an NIL deal throwing passes to, uh, to Luther burden. And I believe Dominic love Tyler Macon in there too, on this video, but Brady's a, uh, the message he posted on the video was betting on myself, hashtag rich strike, the underdog horse that won the, uh, that won the Kentucky Derby. So 
he's pretty savvy when it comes to things like this. Uh, like you said, you know, I, I, I admire the, um, the way he's gone about it and, and Tyler too. I mean, he wants to go out and compete and win this job. Uh, they're not getting on social media and doing the, the, um, the eye roll emoji or <laughs> you know, things that we see NFL quarterbacks right, right. Their teams draft a quarterback. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just looking forward. I, I hope it's a, I hope it's a wide open and true genuine competition. May the best man win. Um, those are fun to cover. I don't know how much we'll be talking to these guys once camp starts, um, but we'll be talking to the head coach and, and we'll see. I mean, it's in, it's in Eli Drinkwitz's absolute best interest to play the guy that gives him the best chance to win. Like let's, he, you can talk about quote coaches having agendas or having to play politics with his depth chart, but there is zero interest, but zero for him in his future and his present to not give the, the, the game, the, the, the ball to the guy that won't help them win games. Well, I will not be popular on tiger board for this, but I'll say it anyway. There's some pressure on Eli here too. Yeah. Okay. This is year three. Now he's entering year three and he's had an, I would describe a not ideal quarterback scenario. Yeah. Um, the transfer, the, the transfer of Connor Basilak was very much overlooked by fans at the time because they were frustrated by the season in some ways he played hurt a lot. He wasn't, wasn't playing all that well, but the idea that, that Connor Basilak transferring wasn't a knock, wasn't a, a, a down a downside for Mizzou, I think got a little overlooked. And yeah. if he goes out and balls out at Indiana this year and Mizzou struggles at the quarterback position, that transfer is going to look like something that maybe Mizzou fans should have worried a little bit more about in real time. It's also on Eli to prove, I mean, part of this having a group of quarterbacks where no one really knows who the best option is, is that the coach should. And it's, and it's his job above anyone else's to find out who gives him the best chance to win, Dave? And if you go half your season starting one guy, you make a switch to somebody else and they're clearly better, that's great. You found your guy. But the question also begs to be asked, why didn't you find him sooner? Right. And this guy could have been doing that the whole time. So Eli's in a spot here. And in, in the, the depth after this season, you know, looks promising. If Horn shows up, you've got the, you know, the commitments rolling in after that. This is a not a situation he planned. But I do think it's on him to, A, make sure he gets the right guy, or B, find a way to use a collection of guys, perhaps a non-traditional way, um, but, but also C, to call plays in a way that helps this guy out. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that should be the goal of this offense, is to kind of take pressure off of the most important position in the field as much as you can. Um, they've got questions at running back, they've got talent at receiver. The, the guys around the quarterback have to do as much as they can to make that guy look good versus the quarterback maybe bringing that out in those players this season. So I think this is a, this is a big year for Eli in terms of his coaching, his player uh, analysis, and his evaluation and knowing who to go to and, and when to make a change if a change needs to be made. So it's not just on these guys. It's on, it's on the head coach as well. So um, that's going to be – we're going to learn about – we're going to learn about Eli Drinkwitz and his quarterback management a lot this season, which should be, which should be fascinating because there were some questions about it last year as if he stuck with, stuck with Basilac too long. So interesting year, well, should be fun to, to cover and we'll see if the Tigers can uh, pull a diamond out of the rough here, or if they already had one perhaps um, on their roster the whole time. Dave, let's switch gears here. I want to talk a little Mizzou softball. Um, Larissa Anderson is one of the, the best things Mizzou has going in, in Columbia and her softball team is headed into the regional with a 
but should be a pretty good chance to make some noise here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was a team that sky high expectations when the season began because, you know, they came one game short of making the World Series last year and had that improbable super regional loss to James Madison. Comes back with eight of nine starters, you know, returning. Both of their main pitchers are back. And what happened? They, they got off to a rough start, 0-5 in the SEC, then 5-9. and 9. I mean, they were really close to last place in the, in the conference. At that point, she said they had a team meeting after getting swept at Ole Miss, and they were counting wins to try to get eligible for the NCAA tournament. Not host, not get a good seat, just make it because you have to have a winning record. And uh, they, were, they were worried. I mean, it looked like, a, looked like a major choke job. You have all this talent coming back. Well, what they do, they just went and, and played at the level they were expected to play late in the year. I think they won 11 of their last 14 games. Uh, they finished one game out of fourth place in the SEC and then took Arkansas, you know, to the brink in the SEC championship game. Uh, lost that, but still, I think, came out of there feeling pretty good because they've got all this momentum. And they're rewarded with hosting a regional. And they're the 15th seed, which is good because that means they're not the 16th seed because the 16th seed plays number one in the super regional. So they will avoid Oklahoma should they win their regional. They would get Florida State as long as Florida State wins. It's, it's a really winnable regional. Uh, Missouri plays Friday against Missouri State, stoking an old rivalry there. Um, first time they've played in a long time since the early wine years, since the infamous early wine uh, email exchange that uh, caused a lot of consternation down in, in Springfield. Um, and then Illinois and Arizona, two, two good name programs are uh, in the other regional. Arizona, just a national power, but this year weren't very, wasn't very good. They tied for last in the Pac-12. Um, but should be a, a good weekend out at Mizzou Softball Stadium. They they do such a good job of putting on a show in that stadium. I took my kids out there for a game a couple of weeks ago just to do something on a Sunday afternoon. And they, they pack that place. The fans are into it. The players are into it. Um, it's it's a, a fun event to go to, and I'm sure it'll be sold out all weekend long. Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to go to a softball game, if you can get a ticket uh, this weekend, that would be a good one to uh, good one to check out. It's a good atmosphere, good vibe, a good team, and uh, a good coach, which yeah. was fortunately and uh, smartly said, hey, let's get Larissa Anderson under a contract extension because yep. she's got a good thing rolling. That was a smart call. So we'll see how the we'll see how the softball team does, and we'll see how this quarterback situation plays out. Dave, anything else we need to hit on here before we roll? I don't think so. Uh, basketball team, men's basketball team, still looking, still got a couple scholarship uh, spots open. I don't think they're in a huge rush to to uh, fill those out, but uh, we we know what most of Dennis Gates's first team is going to look like with eleven scholarships right now and uh, just three returners. So uh, that team is all but set. Uh, you know, ready to go in his first season. He doesn't have a seven foot five hole in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't get Jamarian Sharp, the big man from Western Kentucky, that they really thought they would have this year. But um, they definitely have to add a big guy. So we'll see what they do here over the next couple weeks, couple months. All right, Dave. Good stuff, man. We will uh, talk to you next time. And tell everybody to keep it locked at stltoday.com for all of their Mizzou coverage. And uh, check out the new I'm a Tigers video edition that's headed that way as well.